0: Welcome to this episode of The Unnoticed Entrepreneur. With me here, Jim James. We're going to Toronto today to meet Izzy Rosenzweig, who's built a business that I wish I had known about many years ago because it's in supply chain management and he's taking the pain out of shipping. Izzy, welcome to the show.
1: Very excited to be here, Jim.
0: Well, me too, because you know, many, many years ago, I used to import cars to China and we used to put them in a big container and I used to go to Tianjin and pull these things out drive these things out onto the docks and then go through customs on and it was kind of the worst part of of the business lots of capital tied up lots of time lots of bureaucracy now portless is a business that you've been building and now you're shipping millions of parcels every year for for companies direct to consumer from china so we're going to talk about how you're really transforming the experience for both the company owner but also for the consumer is he tell us about portless because it's just sounds like a miracle cure for supply chain management for entrepreneurs
1: yeah absolutely so first i started doing this as a brand myself we shipped millions and millions of products as a brand in this model and fundamentally what the idea is instead of uh, a brand let's let's say making five t t-shirts putting on a container waiting anywhere from 30 to 60, sometimes 90 days to get to a port, then unload it, you bring in bulk, you got to pay import taxes, and then you're doing pick and pack to ship it to your customer in, let's say, five to seven days. You could skip all of that. Skip the boat, skip the container cost. If your values of goods are under $8, there's no import duties. You could simply, we could ship on your behalf. We're basically a 3PL in China. We could pick, pack, send it to your customer in under six days. So instead of you waiting all that time, money tied up in inventory on the boat, we could give sh- ship it to your customer within six days in the United States with a fully local experience. Customer gets a USBS tracking number within one day of the order, and it gets delivered by a USBS driver. There's no mandarin anywhere, it's fully American experience. Looks like it's coming from LA or New York, Chicago. And as a brand, no containers, you don't have inventory stock. You could always reload. We're next to your factories. And there's also, if the value goes under $80 to the United States, it's duty-free. So just a ton of benefits that we've figured for ourselves. And now we help, you know, dozens and dozens of uh, DDC brands leverage this model.
0: Yeah, Izzy, that sounds absolutely amazing. I, the obvious question has to be, why has no one done this before?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So
0: two parts to it.
1: A, this model has been around for about 10 years, but it's only gotten really good the last two and a half years. The first seven to seven and a half years, it wasn't a great experience. It was long delivery times. It, there was Mandarin in your tracking number. Customers always get aggravated. Things weren't being updated. So it happened, we shipped millions of packages in that model. It wasn't good. The last two and a half years, uh, it's gotten really good, where not only is delivery times to the United States under six days, but also the experience is 100% local. So you have brands doing this for themselves, this Companies like Sheen, companies like Timu, which people don't like the quality of their stuff. And I agree, a lot of the quality isn't good, but the magic is in the supply chain. You as a brand, you own the quality, you own the, what your packaging looks like, but the magic is in how's your cash flow? How long is your lead times? Could you save money across the board? And that's what we help brands do.
0: That's a fantastic, Nizzy. And for anyone interested in looking at how this works, I think you've got a, a website as well that you are going to be showing uh, people. I've just done a, a quick share, but Izzy is going to drive. And for those of you that are going to see this on YouTube, you can see uh, an illustration. So, Portless, um, tell us though, how does the relationship between the the let's say it's an e-commerce provider, you know, someone like my wife who's got a shop on? on Etsy for example or it could be a bigger a bigger uh drop shipper or someone based in the US or the UK yeah. or or anywhere across Europe how are they preparing their client because you know normally you'd get the goods and you could see them and you can do quality yeah. control but also you'd have some brand experience item maybe a, a gift card or a special you know yeah. label is he, how are you taking care of, if you like, that whole feel good around the brand part that people normally 100%. need?
1: And we take that part super seriously because we were a brand for, you know, 10 years. We understand it's all in the presentation. It's all the experience. So the first thing we tell people is, even though, yes, our headquarters and a fulfillment center is based in China, you have a full American experience or uh, English experience. You're on Slack with our teams. Our teams speak English in China. Your account manager. It's, it's like we're next door to your brand. And, you know, in this virtual world, everyone's on Zoom. We're talking all the time. We're on Slack. And I'll give you an example. We had a customer that we onboarded. We used to just do their international business. And they said, we said, by the way, your your packaging has a logo on it. Why don't we go a little further? Why don't we make your brand look beautiful? So I actually give credit to their designers. We gave them some recommendations, but their designer came to us with a beautiful packaging design, lots of colors. If you would have made that design in the States, it would have been like very expensive, probably close to like 80 cents per envelope. We were able to manufacture for about $0.15 cents per envelope, eco-recyclable envelope, gorgeous, eco-friendly envelope. And what happened was his we, we produ- did the production for them. We managed it. We brought it in. All their products start going in that packaging. Their customers started to post the packaging more than the product. Like, hey, I finally got my product. Because the packaging was so beautiful we have other customers that are in corporate gifting everything gets wrapped with red paper so we understand brand presentation because we were a brand for 10 years and we take that part seriously we work with the customer we brainstorm like how can we make your presentation better what can we do um so that's what we lean into that and um and 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 to cover just what we mentioned before so that's how we take care of the brand presentation But if you look at the screen and for anyone that's listening I'll, i'll talk it through but if you look at this supply chain um, historical model, in which I've lived this model too, your money is stuck in containers. You have six months of inventory. Very often, it can be 90-day delivery if the ports are full. Versus in our model that we proved with ourselves for 10 years, two days post-production, you're turning that inventory to cash. So not only is your customer getting a great experience, but the brand side has inventory lead times instead of... Months to cash. It's days to cash. Instead of four months of inventory, you could reduce that probably to four weeks of inventory. We could constantly inbound for you. Instead of for people that wanted to go and sell in many markets, either it's very expensive shipping to ship from US to Australia or UK. In this model, it's very affordable. We can ship the UK for like $4.40. Australia, about six, seven bucks. So all of a sudden you have an all local experience. Australia Post, Royal Mail, DHL for Germany, Canada Post, USPS. So we give the ability to go international. Very simple. You don't need to deal with the headaches of a 3PL. You have an American experience. You're moving your inventory to us within days post-production. If you're sending to the States, you have import tax savings. Uh, If your value of goods is under $8, which is almost pretty much everyone we service. Um, So customer gets the same experience. Better we invest in packaging with you. While well, you as a brand just get savings literally in every direction you look, right? From um, cash flow, you know, savings, great shipping rates, great pick and pack rates, international access. It, it really is uh, to us. We see e-commerce going this in the next ten, 10 years, if you like it or not.
0: Izzy, that's fantastic. Just for those of us that are not in the supply chain management business, what does 3PL stand for? Third-party
1: logistics. So where Third you part. can run your brand. We say you do what you do best. Which is branding, thinking of new types of products ideas, um, uh, doing the marketing, with leveraging us and even QCN. There's great companies like uh, Factor Quality. You could really run your whole business out of China without the headache, without the the fear of doing tons of money in inventory. So yeah, it's it's game changer.
0: Well, fantastic. And presumably, what happens is if you've got a supplier. Um, that you've found in China, maybe you found it on Taobao, for example, or in yep. Alibaba, or you've used, you know, one of them like made in China, the website, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the inventory shipped to your warehouses. Is that right, Izzy? And then exactly. the, And then and does that connect to people's ordering system? So if, if someone's got an Etsy store, for example, they've got product that's been sold, you've got some kind of EDI electronic data interchange. Yep, have you to help
1: exactly? So with like st- uh, stuff like uh, Etsy, Amazon, eBay, Walmart, direct integration. If you're on Shopify, we have a Shopify app. Literally a 15 minute Zoom call, you're fully set up. And and really, what it is, it just sets us up as a location. You don't have to send all your inventory to us. You don't have to send all your orders to us. But we are a location, easy to access. You know, we have a call with someone uh, on Zoom two days later because their factory's finished production. We had their product in. We inbound it. We scanned it. He's going. He's putting it to market thing later today. So it's just such an agile way of looking at supply chain. Something that people are just like, like, how does this make sense, right? Like how does this work? And that's it. This is the to us, this is the future. It's a smaller world than we think. We can service customers everywhere at great delivery times.
0: Great. And so the, the genius in if if I can simplify it for those of us that are not in supply chain management is rather than doing bulk reduction, if you are like, close to the customer, you're doing the the sort of individualization of distribution and packaging in China and shipping exactly. it. So rather than shipping a bulk and then doing exactly. bulk breaking. Is that right?
1: Exactly. If you, look, if you look at the screen, I'll talk it through. Yeah. The traditional model, you're putting on a container, bringing it to the port, on a boat, to another port, to a train, to a truck, to a 3PL, so then in, to then inbound. In our scenario, it's factory to us getting inbounded, on a plane, injected to LAX or AD, London, Australia, right to the customer. It's just hold whole in supply chain.
0: Yeah. And when you look at the diagram, and those of yeah. you that are able to go to YouTube, you can see it. But those of you that can't really, you've got with the with Portless, you've really got the, the origination, you know, in China, and you've got one aeroplane and then you've got the landing and then the the last mile. Whereas, you know, as I found with shipping cars into China, you know, there was a huge amount of inventory, a huge amount of cash on the water. And so on and so forth. So fantastic. And presumably, he? your team in China are taking the stress out of dealing with the local Chinese exactly. supplier, because that can be one of the challenges is chasing up your goods and finding out with your logistics exactly. provider in China, whether they've got the materials and whether it's boxed and shipping. Exactly. So we have a full local team. Some customers
1: need help with their factory relationships. Some customers are looking for new factories. We've been doing this for ten years. We just have a ton of experience. We help people. Logistics is our core business, but we need help outside of that. Our team helps as
0: well. Izzy Rosenzweig, that's brilliant. I'm loving Portless already, and I can already see some businesses that I can imagine benefiting from it. Um, As a business, you've mentioned you know that you've migrated from being a consumer business where you're importing uh, your own products and selling into being b2b can you just tell us you know how you've been getting portless noticed and what you've learned on on the journey if i'd if i can use that as a pun
1: it's definitely <laughs> a journey yeah so uh, when i ran the consumer side of the business I, I never put my face to the brand it was always paid marketing we had uh creators creating content for us and then we would market those people to our customers. But now that my customer is different, right? My customer is no longer, cons- um, let's call it retail consumers. It's actually business owners. So we have to change our strategy. Again, everyone's human, but where do they hang out? So I'm doing podcasts like yours, which I'm so excited to be on. I joined communities, which I uh, contribute. How could I help? It uh, doesn't even have to be about us in general. How could I help with, you know, marketing ideas? How can we help with uh, packaging ideas with, you know, cash flow ideas? Uh, so being a, co- you know, co- Uh, providing content to the community, helping the community in general, and then putting content on LinkedIn and Twitter. So I'm always posting multiple times a week, interesting stuff about supply chain, either the history of supply chain, uh, how people could look at supply chain differently. So between content, joining podcasts,
0: being a contributor to the community, that's been very helpful for us to get noticed. Oh, how interesting. And in terms of the challenges that you found with portless and maybe some of the broader challenges, for example, with perception of China. Do you have to take a position uh, as an entrepreneur to reassure your customers? Um, Or are you finding that building the portless brand, you know, on its own outside of the political um, uh, sort of arena is possible? Uh, We see it as 100%
1: possible. Also, we say is we're not like you know, end of the day, something could happen in China. We actually have operations in Vietnam as well, right? So that's why we have a lot of companies that are shifting their manufacturing from China to Vietnam, and that makes sense. But for from our perspective, we see export as China is the most important uh, part of the Chinese economy. They're having a harder time in the real estate world right now. Export is really what's fueling that economy. And end of the day, the most sophisticated factories, the most sophisticated supply chain is out of China. So we're there. That's our main hub. That's where we're servicing our customers. But we actually have already Vietnam uh, up and running. We're not taking in a ton of customers right now. Probably about three to four months, we'll start allowing customers that if you have some of your supply chain there, we can help you there as well. We're factory to consumer. We're not specifically only China to consumer.
0: Interesting, is it? And you know, your background uh, is also as a uh, you know from a family of entrepreneurs, isn't it? So yeah, I'd love just to hear from you how the family has changed with the times because you've seen a sea change uh in the way that shipping i keep using yep. all these bad puns now sea change in in uh in the way <laughs> shipping is done that's done air um just tell us then a little bit on the family history side and that's relevant just because of the way that your family has had to adapt to changes in trends in in manufacturing and consumer. consumers and
1: trust us it's it's easy to forget how things were done but there are times in in business and economics and, and technology advancements that really do change industries and i as my family lived through it so just like you said context uh my grandfather survived the holocaust came to canada he was on his own he started working in a factory eventually learned the business started his own factory now back in the early 1950s there were hundreds of factories in canada even way more in the states it was factory was done local and everyone did well then what happened was the 1980s, containers became industrialized. So it's no longer just boats with boxes. It's everything in the container. That changed the way people looked at manufacturing. And all of a sudden, um, uh, so essentially, there were three things happened to factories or manufacturers. They either uh, refused to pivot and they went out of business and they had to do other things. They went niche because mass market was served by a better model. Or they actually saw the curve, they jumped to be one of the first people, and they partnered with factories, many factories, built their own many uh, factories, and did extremely well. So my I went through that to the 1980s. Like I saw my grandfather started, my father took over, and then they went very niche and they stayed and they were around for 60 plus years. But many people didn't. For me, I see this supply chain as 1980s all over again. Now, if you're in physical retail, you've got to do boats. Boats is very effective, lots of cash, it sucks. But if you want to put it on a shelf to service the millions and millions of customers, that's what you got to do. But if you're in e-commerce, you're in digital retail, it makes no sense. Why bring it in to then ship again? We could deliver it to your customer in the exact same timeline that you're doing it today, but you have all the benefits. You have way better cash flow. You're saving money, potentially in import duties. You could serve international markets with just a click of a button on Shopify markets. Uh, you don't need to pay container costs or shipping rates start at... $4.49 for a quarter pound, $5.86 for half a pound. Uh, UK, Europe, cheaper. Deliver within six days. So to me, it's it's so crystal clear. Again, I happen to be doing this for 10 years. Last three years has given me the, uh, the trajectory of this business. This is going to change e-commerce. And now, it doesn't mean you can't have some uh, product locally to fulfill wholesale. Or you're doing FBA. But if you're doing the DDC part of your business... This is 1980s. It might take five to 10 years, but I hope and I encourage people, it doesn't need to be us, but you should look at this model and leverage this model to run better cash flow and healthier businesses.
0: Right. And for those that aren't familiar, D2C, direct to consumer, right, Izzy? That's it. Um, it sounds like you've really nailed it but we've all got a little something that we've tried that hasn't worked from a marketing perspective, as you you know, I'm focusing on that on this show. Can you give us um, an example maybe of something that you've you've learned that you suggest, you know, that you wouldn't do again from a brand-building perspective for Paul? Yeah, we
1: had a really interesting learning, I would say specifically tying to our consumer brand. Um, We were always told, Google, Google, Google. This is where you've got to live. Become an expert in Google. And we did. We spent money on Google. Every month every month, just pour more money into it. And then what we realized after a couple months was it really depends on your business, right? Because the people who have given us this advice, their products or their services was intent-based products, intent-based services. So someone says, I need a new uh, aluminum foil pan. Yes, very smart to market there. I need garbage bags. Very smart to market there. Our products were discovery products. They were unique products, interesting products. So no one searches unique because they've never seen it before. We had way more success on Facebook, Meta, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, because those were discovery platforms. So um, for us, we poured a lot of money into Google. It wasn't, didn't have good ROI. And the lesson learned was every business is unique. Every business is different. Sure. Take in advice, but then filter it and say, okay, does this make sense for you? Um, and for us, just matching. You know, discovery shopping versus tempeh shopping was a big realization of where we should focus our efforts.
0: Yeah, I love that distinction. That's really, really helpful. Thank you. Izzy, in terms of, you know, you've built Portless now, you've got millions of goods being shipped every every year and going all over the world. So you plan to be very successful. Is there something that you would say as a number one learning um, that you would share with my fellow unnoticed entrepreneurs. You've kind of shared that, you know, Google wasn't the right place to be. But, but yeah. what about an overarching strategy that you found has worked for you as an entrepreneur and, and for Portless in the in the recent years?
1: Great question. So it, it ties in actually to the Google story, which is not being afraid to fail. And you got to be trying everything. So you got to throw your darts. I don't regret pursuing Google. Learn quick and adapt and, and always learn from mistakes. Mistakes is part of that journey. Uh, but you got to throw the darts. Because if you don't throw the darts, you don't know what's your main channel. We could have easily, you know, not for the B2B business, not pursue podcasts. We didn't think that would be successful for us to get noticed. But it actually has been really successful for us. So if you don't throw the darts, be okay to fail. Be okay not to be successful. Nothing, not everyone needs to be grand slam. But when something works and you double down on it, that is usually very successful for your business. Uh, and, and I agree, like focus what works for you, but don't be afraid to fail and, and try other uh, other strategies.
0: Izzy, Izzy is rosenzweig over in toronto running portless if you want to find out more about you and, and even look at your shipping uh, for example plus you as an entrepreneur who you've plainly got so much insight how can they find you
1: yeah so first of all our website portless.com uh we have we explain the business there's a contact form there's case studies you know we encourage people to check out our website learn about us me personally, you can reach out on LinkedIn or Twitter. I'm very active in both those communities. I love posting content. I love engaging other people's content. I answer every DM. So feel free to follow me there. If you want to talk to us, message me, look at our website. Uh, we're very reachable.
0: Izzy, thank you for accepting my invitation to come on the show. And and shedding a light on a whole new category of, of business operation and supply chain management. It's not something we have touched on before, but I can see how it just transforms a business and a brand experience uh, yes. for a client. So that's why I wanted to get you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me, Jim. Thank you for helping me get noticed. So uh, I definitely love your name of your podcast and thank you for, for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Well Izzy, you know, you're the kind of entrepreneur that is unnoticed but deserves to get noticed because you're doing amazing work that's transforming industries and 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 not necessarily getting the the recognition you deserve. That's why I'm really doing this. So thank you. I appreciate it. So we've been listening to Izzy Rosenzweig, and I'm really praying I've said his name correctly. Did I Perfect. do okay? Okay. <laughs> Perfect then. <laughs> Wonderful. As you know, British, we're not famous for our pronunciation <laughs> uh, of anything, really. Um, mm. If you've enjoyed this, then do please share it with a fellow unnoticed entrepreneur. And if you've got anyone doing shipping um, of goods from overseas and i'm going to be telling my wife about this straight after this recording then do let them know about this show and about portless and in the meantime if you can review this show that would really help us to get noticed and until we meet again i just encourage you to keep on communicating thank you for listening
1: thank you